Welcome to the AI Enthusiast Podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Jair, and this is the AI Enthusiast Podcast. Here, you will get tons of tips and tricks on the business aspects of artificial intelligence with articles, news, and interviews with fantastic top leaders from different industries across the world. So if you want to learn something about AI, you are in the right place. Uh, today we will talk with Mariana Verzano from Sao Paulo in Brazil. Mariana, uh, oh. other than being one of my best friends and a source of inspiration during the last 15 years, uh, she's a professor at the University of Sao Paulo. She's, also, she's a lecturer, she's also a facilitator of several uh, courses and workshops in neuroscience, psychology, artificial intelligence, technology, yoga, spirituality, fashion, and also she's a well-known event producer and manager in her own startup, Circle Productions in Sao Paulo. Currently, she's finishing uh, her doctoral studies in neuros at the Institute of Psychology uh, at the USB, University of Sao Paulo, where she's a professor of anomalistic psychology. What is this? We're going to know. Well, uh, if you are excited like me to understand, to talk more with my Mariana Verzara, I think this conversation will be a great moment. Uh, I would be very interested. Hi, Mariana. How are you? Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for this invitation. I'm really excited. And I would like to say that I'm also an admirer of you. I really admire your work very much and very proud of everything that you accomplished. Just to say that. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Mariana. So welcome to the I'm Enthusiast podcast. It's a Great, great pleasure having you here today. So, as I mentioned at the initial presentation, we are friends for a long time, uh, and uh, and I know that this, this conversation will inspire many people out there. So, uh, thank you very much for accepting uh, my invitation. All right, but let's go straight for the questions. We have a lot of questions at very short time, so. I know you had many careers in your life, from music, fashion, uh, in entertainment management, and but how did you end up in neuroscience? That's uh, a very good question. A lot of people uh, make this question because they don't understand how did I end up on studying neuroscience. But basically, the reason is, well, I, I'm graduating in fashion and I study, uh, I studied fashion and also I studied, I studied a lot, I started to study a lot about music when I was working with events and, and DJing, all, all these matters. I wanted to understand why music is so special the way it is for all of us so when i started this research i found myself studying music therapy which is kind of 
like a, a therapy where people use music and there are a lot of things implicated on that but I'm not going into the subject and when I was studying that I said okay I need to understand the brain I need to understand how music how how the brain responds why the brain responds to music the way the way it does so that was like I, I would say that was the the starting point you know like the the a vital like moment like okay i need to to know more about that so then i started to study by myself in my home okay i want to study neuroscience so what do i have to do and then i started to study 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 and then i entered the university uh, of sao paulo and since then i'm studying neuroscience like crazy and it's been like a really adventurous and exciting process. Recently, you delivered a very interesting TED talk where you were talking about all the things around, so including your career and how you managed to enter in neuroscience from the beginning of when you started music therapy, etc. How was the experience to be under the TED talk slides? Well, it was really a dream coming true for me, right? And TED Talks are, you know, we, we, when, you, when you make a TED Talk, you, you just need to give like um, an emotional uh, component in that. Not only tell your story, but also like make people uh, go with the flow with you, right? So TED Talk was really interesting because I made like, I, 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 I made a script about my life and explaining everything that was happening with neuroscience. So it was very interesting to do that because when I was making the script, I realized how neuroscience is important for all of us because this is 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 a way of understanding ourselves, right? It's like self neuroscience is not only the all the discoveries that we made; it's it's self discovery, right? So it was really really exciting to do that. Really exciting. That's good. That's good. Well. It's now it's bringing me, you know, this podcast is about artificial intelligence. You know how passionate about I, yeah. I am about artificial intelligence, the topic. I'm really, uh, uh, really focused on this one. And, you know, uh, anyway, we're going to talk somehow in, about AI here in the podcast. So do you think your journey of studies, the recent studies on the first ones uh, that you have in music therapy and everything, it has influenced you, your perspective related to artificial intelligence. By the way, what do you think about AI? What's your perspective of AI and how your studies, maybe the neuroscience studies, are influencing you or the way you see this? That's, that's a very important question because I think that me and I think a lot of people has this bias that AI will destroy the world like like we all seen Terminator and we have like inside of us like a fear that oh my god this is gonna dominate the world and destroy it blah 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 and we have this 
well, I, I used to have that. So when I entered uh, neuroscience, I remember I, I'm, not, I'm not an expert in mathematics, right? So when we talk about AI, we have to talk about algorithms and programming. And this is kind of like, I never was really into this. But as I was there, I, when I entered, the, the, when I entered the master, I said, okay, I'm going to study everything. I was like crazy to study everything. So I started to make uh, some disciplines on the subject. And, and that was really, first of all, I think that my understanding was that, no, it's not a monster. It's a, AI is not a monster. It's just like, it's easy and slow programming is something that is not growing the way we think it is like okay it's dominating the world it's just like ai what my view is that there are small steps that are be, being built up to make our lives better so i think this is very important very important because ai might be the key for us to really look at ourselves instead of trying to fix things outside fix the world in this way fix tech with technology and with whatever so i think it's it's an opportunity for that and that's very 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 important and also it's it's really interesting to see how neuroscience and ai are are connected right and uh, they are very connected in a sense that AI helps neuroscience, but also neuroscience helps, <coughs> sorry, AI. And that's very, that's very interesting, the way they, they, they need each other. That's beautiful. It's like a love story, Absolutely. you know. Yeah, 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 I get the point. That's really interesting because we need to explore this area that you mentioned because in, because how does understanding the brain, the brain from a neuroscience point of view, uh, affect how you look to AI today in the future? Very good question. Well, I think it's very interesting that you, you, you talked about making decisions. And that's uh, a thing that it's being studied in neuroscience, which can clear out AI and also AI can clear out that because a lot of studies shows that when we think we make a decision and this is like whoa very controversial topic when you talk about free will neuroscience has showed that we don't have free will at all you know it's not that we are not making decisions we are but the decisions are already made in inside our brains. It's not that... Oh, that wait, 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 wait. We need to talk about this. So you are saying that <laughs> if I decide here today to go to McDonald's and buy a hamburger now, this decision is not that I'm taking here now. This is what you mean. It's something that it's being processed somewhere but somewhere else what what explain me that point please. okay let, let's okay let's go slow so the thing is that it's not that 
well, when you get conscious that you want to go to McDonald's, you already decided that you want to go to McDonald's. It's an unconscious decision that you make, and then to become conscious, it takes time. Like, when I say time, we are talking about milliseconds, right? It's not like, okay, in one hour, <laughs> you you will understand that you yeah. want to go. No. <laughs> Uh, and, and this the study shows that when when you make a move, when you make a decision, your brain decides and then you're conscious about that. And th this works with emotions as well. Like you feel the emotion, then you understand it's after. It's not like, uh, it's not before. Like I made a decision and then I do that. No, my brain decides and then I'm conscious of, the, of that and then I do that. But our brain uh, make decisions um, based on our experiences, our, uh, what is going on in our environment, and uh, what our needs. So it's like, it's like a, a mathematical equation, right? So, it's, so my experience is this. My environment is this, and what I want is this. So, it, and this is like an automatic process, and AI is doing that. And of course, uh, when we talk in terms of evolution, that's like really precise. But that doesn't mean it doesn't make mistakes, because it, the precision in this computation, let's say this way in the brain, is very precise and it's very well done. But it doesn't mean that it's the best one because it's it's based on our experiences. And we know that our experience and also the environment, they 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 have a lot of bias. They they bring us a lot of bias. So I mean the brain will make, let's say the brain will make the best decision. We are gonna make the best decision, but that doesn't mean that that's the best decision. So AI, in that sense, AI can be better in that. You know, because if, it's as long as with the data that we ingest on this on this exactly. algorithm, that will be the right data and the best data. So uh, the thing is, the only the the only problem with AI that I see right now is like, how are we programming that based based on what? And that's something that everybody that works with AI needs to think about. And it's being discussed, right, about the ethics, about, yeah. you know, because AI has to think about <coughs> not only the best decision for the person, but for the nation, for a society, and they are very different. You know, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, this is this point. The, 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 the ethics brings exactly try to really cover some aspects in, in, the, in the decision making and the way we take decisions in a different way than humans and machines normally take more the logical aspects that a machine take a decision it's in many cases it's really completely different than a human would would take so this we need to really talk 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 about a lot of things about this it takes me to another uh, another area of our discussion that you mentioned, for example, some minutes ago in the, the previous uh, answer 
about the terminator fears and etc you know mariana you and my uh, recently we have written together a book on ai and neuroscience that we call the terminator paradox where we explore the fundamental aspect of fear in uh, in in general but also related to artificial intelligence and we also cover in that book uh, empathy from a neuroscientific front point of view uh would you like to share with us a little bit what's uh, what's about the, the experience of writing a book about this topic first of all i'm I'm very, uh, I was very excited to be invited. So thank you very much for making this invitation to write this book because this was really an amazing, an amazing opportunity. Uh, especially, well, like I said before, AI and neuroscience, they are very interconnected. So I think that work uh, books like that and not only books, but articles, which was when we started all of this are very important for our, our understanding but as I, as I said before there is this fear we there there is this part that we can talk about the fear of AI but there's also about how to create a better AI and when we want to create a better AI, we need to talk about emotions, we need to talk about empathy, especially because uh, a, a good AI has not only to understand, like I was saying before, the fruit that you need, but also understand that a, a chocolate cake will be good for you sometimes, even though it might not be good for your body, but sometimes you know, a chocolate cake can be a good thing. So, and th this is kind of like thinking about empathy because, you know, it might remember your grandma when you were a child. <coughs> and, and this is also a positive thing, you know, bringing you good memories, you feel more motivated, you want to do things better. So, yes, you need a chocolate cake. I'm just giving an example, but yeah. you, you need a chocolate cake sometimes, even though it's not good for your health. But can you know. it be good for your mental health? Can it be for your uh, uh, emotional aspects of, of, of your situation? Absolutely. That, you know, and then only empathy can give you uh, the, the right empathy. feedback for what that's that's really great but in, we, there's a lot of discussions about how a, a algorithms and for example chatbots and conversational agents must to be can be more empathetic when really exchanging uh, interacting with humans so there is a gr a lot of research on this I know and and, and to be honest I must say that we are a little far away from where we should be when it comes to the real interaction and a real empathy between machines and humans. So, but, but I'm really confident that with this kind of, with this army or smart people like you working, starting to uh, research uh, on, on empathy, it will be a great thing for AI. Absolutely. You know, uh, for me writing, uh, co-writing a book with you was a great experience 
<laughs> Mariana, going more a little deep on, on your uh, life as a neuroscientist and researcher, uh, what does it take to be a neuroscientist? Oh, that's a good oh. question. Uh, I would say that, well, I would say, okay, and neuroscience can explain that as well. Uh, when we talk about plasticity, your, your brain, this is one thing that everyone should know. And I, I don't think that we talk, uh, I, I don't think we talk a lot about this and we should talk about this, that our, our brain can learn anything it wants, anything, anything, anything. Of course, if you want to learn Mandarin, for example, and you are 60, it's going to be hard. Maybe you're, you will never talk Mandarin the, the way, you know, uh, the way man Chinese talk, but uh, you, will, you will be able to communicate and, you know, something. Uh, of course, we know that, that when... When we are kids, our brain is like it's an, an sponge of learning, of doing things, of everything. So, you know, you have kids, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I, I saw a, vid a video of your child talking like three languages with the grocery shop. I was like, what, what is that? It's like a crazy <laughs> thing. And but, it's Polish language that it's really hard to, I mean, <laughs> to do. One thing, thing in Polish, English, Italian and Portuguese and Spanish. I was like, what? So, I mean, of course, it's not, it's not the same brain. So we need to understand the brain, right? The brain of uh, a two-year-old child and a 60-year-old. But uh, we need also to understand that if I want to learn today, I want to learn Mandarin, and I dedicate myself to it. It will take time, but I'm. But the possibility to learn is there because the brain is plastic. So, and the more you do, the more you learn, the more you study, the better you are at it. So this is very important. So what it takes for you to learn neuroscience? Will you want to be neuroscientist? You just go on and study, but you have to study. It's not that, okay, I'm going to, you know, look on, and this is a, a huge problem that we have in today. Okay, let's see two or three videos on YouTube about the subject, and I am a, special, a specialist on neuroscience. You're yeah. not going to be. Sorry. You it's know? far away from that, right? The reality. You need to read books. You need to understand. Sometimes you need classes. Sometimes you're going to need to... to you know, when I was in music therapy specialization, I, I went to neuroscience classes, you know, to understand, to know a little bit more about the brain, you know. So, of course, I dedicated myself like, like crazy, but it wasn't something that just fallen from the sky. You know, I, I, I just had to lock myself in my house and keep on studying all day long. Like I know. you know yeah. that. So yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> well, you know, all the things, the good things, the really important things, comes with this approach, Mariana. It's not nothing really comes 
falling from the sky. Okay, now I have it. This is absolutely... Uh, well, talking about difficulties and challenges, how it's to be a researcher in Brazil today? And, and, and more, how the pandemic affects these lives today? Okay. <laughs> this is an important question. Challenging question. But, okay. To be a researcher in Brazil, let's say, without pandemic, it's hard. Okay, without pandemic, because uh, Brazil is not a country that invents, invests in science, in education. So, every time a president enters the government, okay, let's cut, let's cut money from somewhere. All of them, they research. go there, research, <laughs> let's cut this. So First in the list, right, always. So it's very complicated to to be a researcher in Brazil. It's not impossible, though. Okay, it's not impossible. You can do it, and you can find uh, ways to to be paid for your research. You can work with business, but it's very it's a very new segment. Like to work inside a company, being a research inside a company, this is something that's really starting now. Mm -hmm. My my project right now is with with a, a company, so I, I'm oh. starting to do that. Yeah, I I work. Uh, my research is about uh, to analyze if truck drivers have been drinking or not before driving. And we are doing this research, I'm doing this research with um, a company that works, that make a software and hardware for uh, security uh, companies, for truck drivers. So, oh, great. It, yeah, it's very interesting. So research, we are doing the research, and this is very interesting. It's, it's starting to happen. Mm -hmm. Of course, that in other areas, it's different, like in medicine, in and pharmaceutical uh, companies are are different. There is like more work in that. I'm talking about neuroscience, right? And do you see neuroscience being applied in education in Brazil? Somewhere? Do you ever uh, aware about how it's going? It's uh, we are having here in Brazil like a a neuro. Uh, how can I say a neuro phase? Okay, yeah, neural trend. Everything Become is neural. <laughs> so neural education, neural marketing, neural whatever, and <laughs> there are people that are starting to to study. But there is a, a bias, very complicated, which people <coughs> get confused with. I don't know if if it's like that in English. PNL is mm -hmm, that the same? Yeah. They, they, they confuse, they think neuroscience is PNL, which is a technique of study that really, okay, I'm going to say that it doesn't work, but that's not going to get into the NLP subject. in English. NLP. NLP, exactly. Yeah, sorry. So, uh, but there are some people that are studying uh, neuroscience within this field and I think that this is is a field that can be like really really amazing especially because of what, of what I was saying before about neuroplasticity uh, so it, it is a field that has to be more 
more looked at. Yeah. Because yeah. it can bring a lot of good things, a lot of beautiful and interesting research. Yeah, it just to add a little bit more confusion in this in this topic. In AI, we also have an acronym called NLP, that it means simply natural language processing. There's nothing uh, related <laughs> to the neural language programming that you have in NLP. There's nothing to relate to it. Oh, it's a confusion anymore. Let's, so let's think about that. Acronyms can be really confusing. Really, <laughs> really. <laughs> well, Mariana, in your view, what do you know about the brain since you start to know, to learn about this? That's something that you didn't know and now you think you know about this. And what do you, we still didn't know about the brain that you think that we should absolutely start to learn about this now to to be better to live better or to save lives what is important to to learn about the brain in the future okay so one thing that i i didn't know and that i learned that it's kind of sad but also you know aware it's you know something that yeah, we all need to know that how biased we are about everything. How our beliefs are, are like, they, they, they totally makes us make decisions and fight with people and they mold us into what we are. We all, we are all biased, all Everyone, it's not that even in video I study this <coughs> and I make a lot of videos about it, I'm biased. So this is something that I learned that was very important for me for my life because I started to question all my beliefs. But even though I question, you know, uh, there's always something that gets behind. And, and I don't know. So this is something very interesting that I learned that I try to inform people about it because when you know that, th there's the first step about changing something is to know. Even if it's hard, but it, it, it's, it's the first step. About what can, I'm sorry, the second question is what can yeah, you what learn? Yeah, what we should start to know better about the brain to maybe to live better in the future as a society in general. I think that we are still far away from knowing what conscious really is. And we, we should, I think we should uh, focus more about that and also about... Uh, how can the brain, um, and I, I'm going to quote, not quote, but I'm going to talk about a Brazilian neuroscientist that did an amazing work, which is Miguel Nicolelis. He uh, started to, to work with um, monkey brains, you know, when you move your arm with your brain, and then, and this can be work, do, done, done with AI, right? You move your brain, you, you move your arm, you think about you're moving your arm, and the arm moves. Mm -hmm. This is something amazing. So I think we need to explore more the, 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 the capability, capability of, of our brain because we don't know how amazing the brain is. Yeah. 
We know a little bit, but I don't think we are aware of of the the, the complexity of what is capable, the capabil capability. I don't know if it's mm -hmm. like yeah. that. Yeah, that is. Uh, of what we can do with our brains. That's yeah, one interesting thing that you say that we need to learn also about consciousness. Uh, there is a lot of discussion on, on the AI field about the consciousness of AI. But I think the big challenge is, first we need to understand what is our consciousness. What does it mean a human consciousness? to start to develop with this on AI, because it probably is not still really clear what it's to be conscious or to have yes. consciousness about the brain. So it's, it's a long way to do that. Well, but also getting back into the, my field, AI, how do you feel that AI developers can collaborate with neuroscientists to improve their AI? How do you think this uh, how we could, uh, us from the AI field, collaborate more with neuroscientists? Uh, one thing that it would be very interesting is the way we measure things in the brain. And with AI, maybe there are possibilities for us, like, like for instance, uh, you want to make an experiment with me? And I'm here the other side of the world and uh, AI will evaluate real time my brain, my brain waves, for instance, you know, because this is something about research with, which is very complicated, like example, I mean, when, when in the field of psychology, like neuroscience right now where I study is inside the Institute of Psychology and psychology it's really interesting, but most of the studies are with the observation of the experiment and with questioners. Like, I ask, oh, how do you feel about this? And then based on the answers, we, uh, they, they discover something or not. With neuroscience and maybe with, with AI together, we can measure really the answer of the person, like to see if the, because sometimes if you give me a questionnaire, I'm going to think, am I answering this right or wrong? And this changes everything. This changes everything. You know, it's like when you do a, a, an interview sure. for I, a job, mm. you know, okay, what is the correct answer? Yeah. You know, and then, so you are biased. So it will be very interesting if AI could help that. AI helps, like already we have uh, machines that read the brain, but they're not precise yet. They're not that precise. They're not, they are good, but they're not that precise. And like, it's complicated when you are inside a, a lab making a study yeah. about a real life problem. Yeah, you, know? In, you are under MERR machine completely with the hundreds of uh, uh, sensors in your in your brain. So, maybe discussing about how do you react when you see a flower, but the only thing that you yeah. see are uh, iron and and, and 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 
wires and everything. So the real environment, it's completely out there, right? It's yeah. not lab. Absolutely. I got the point. I got the point. That's really, yeah. that's really cool. But talking about the future and, uh, you know, we are heading in a world that humans and machines will coexist. So in, in this automated world, how do you see the future of neuroscience research, neuroscience, applied neuroscience in the world that everything will be automated by AI, maybe one in 20 years, 30 years, 50 years? Well, first of all, I think neuroscience will be essential for AI, as AI will be for neuroscience, to be a field that puts them all together, puts and, and to study. This will be something. But I also think that we need to rethink jobs and we need to rethink education. And the pandemic is just giving a glimpse that we need to rethink that. A glimpse. And it, look what, ha all, what happened. Things are changing. Online, it's going to be really, uh, the, the, it's, it's going to be the most important thing. It's, and when, when you think, you know, when we think about everything AI can do, I don't think we need to be afraid because if AI does the work that we are mechanically doing and we are not living, we are going to real, we are going to live, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's going to free a lot of time for us. In a exactly. Lot of, and we, we don't need to be afraid of that. We just need to organize that so that people don't get starving or things like that. But uh, I don't think, I, I think we need to look, especially us, we need to, to look at it very positively because it will free us from a lot of things. And, and, and I like to the idea, I, I absolutely agree on what you say. I think that if AI will be successful in, in its promises, I think we're going to be more free in several aspects. And, and I think we're going to be free to be human again. Exactly. So that's the point. And I think it's a great thing uh, at all. Well, guys, uh, as I said, I was really sure that it's going to be a great conversation. Uh, but uh, our time is almost over. Yeah, but before we finish, uh, we still uh, have some three more questions. So there are very short questions that you give short answers. And what's the most fun fact of neuroscience you ever work? Uh, or you ever learn up to date? Oh, optical illusions, of course. They are so amazing. Not only optical, we also have auditory ones, you know, but when, when you start uh, looking of these kinds of illusion, you know, I, may, I, I am a part of uh, a group of studies that study magic. We study magic with neuroscience so uh, it's very interesting because we learn how to um how can i say to fool people entertain people let's say like yeah. that <clears throat> but yeah. 
<laughs> these tricks, these tricks are very good in neuroscience because you can learn how the brain plays tricks on us. But it's amazing because even though you know that the you know the trick, you know what the guy is doing, but you always get entertained. You always fall for it. You say, "Oh God!" It's the same with optical <laughs> illusions. You see the, yeah. you, you know, because I've, I've seen it too much, so I know it's an illusion, and I still see, and I say, my God, I can't see the real thing. You know, yeah. it's like, pff, that's something really, really, I think that's the most fun of it, that, that's, that's the part that I really enjoyed. That's cool. And if someone listened to us here today wants to get and, into, and start neuroscience today, where they should go today now? Okay, I would say just buy a book, a neuroscience book, uh, the basic like neuroanatomy and start studying. And th there, there are a lot of things in internet, available in internet, also at YouTube. So you can begin with that, just to understand a little bit. Uh, it depends, the good thing about neuroscience is that it's, it's an interdisciplinary area so you can be from mathematics you can be from medicine you can be a physiotherapist you can be a psychologist and you can also all you can study neuroscience even if you are in school you can study neuroscience because you can specialize on that and make a, a graduate in that and you will learn all those things and how people can connect and with you, Mariana, online? I have my YouTube channel. It's in Portuguese, but you can see with uh, subtitles in English. You can select that. And also all my, my networks, Instagram, Twitter. They're all how you can find me everywhere. You just put Mariana Verzaro and you will find on YouTube easily. That's cool. That's okay. cool. Well, Mariana, thank you. Thank you very much for your fantastic conversation here today. It was a great way to start uh, our podcast. So thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, see you around. And maybe see you on, on the next TEDx. Maybe see you on the next oh. conference, whenever we will be. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. It was a lovely talk. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's alright. Thanks for joining me today. We just arrived at the end of the episode. <laughs> Remember that you can follow me on LinkedIn for more tips and tricks about artificial intelligence and the business value of this amazing technology. I'm Jay Ribeiro and I'm very happy to podcast with you. Thanks for listening. See you in the next time. AI Enthusiast Podcast. We did it. We did oh, it. Yeah. What do you think? Can I come at Italiano? Não sabe nem idioma que falar mais. Olha a pessoa. Português. 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 Switch on. Aí não aguento você, sério. Cara, eu parei com o italiano aqui agora. Foi louco. Falando inglês, eu, é difícil para mim passar do inglês direto para o português, então eu, às vezes eu passo para italiano e then... then... ah. aí, Não. curtiu? Achei bem legal, 